0: Okay, coming up, we have all the latest, of course, on the Israel situation, including a clip from Mitch McConnell essentially saying on Fox News that Joe Biden caved in to Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders or whoever's controlling Joe Biden and basically pressured the Israelis into a ceasefire. I mean, the Biden administration, whoever is controlling it, probably Obama, they have unraveled so much of what President Trump accomplished over his four years in the Middle East and and so much else, the border, etc., Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is such a racist. I mean, this is egregious. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she's only going to grant interviews to people of color. I mean, could it be? Could she be any more racist than that? She, she's celebrating her two-year anniversary of her inauguration, whatever. She's only going to grant interviews to black reporters and brown reporters, reporters who are black and brown, to people of color. Well, if you're white, you cannot interview Lori Lightfoot. If you're Asian, by the way, you cannot interview Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. This black socialist mayor, by the way, who she is responsible for the deaths of hundreds and hundreds of black kids, the shootings of thousands of black children. Yes, that's right. Probably the people who are the most responsible of shootings of black people. Our Mayor Bill de Blasio, our Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you got Garcetti in L.A., and yet, and they are the racists. So she announced on Wednesday she's only going to grant one-on-one interviews to people of color, reporters of color, journalists of color. She said she's not happy with the overwhelmingly white press corps in Chicago. Whose fault is that? But could you be, this is the problem, is these Democrats, the super radical leftists, don't you see they are the real racists? Conservatives are not racist. Conservatives don't care. Conservatives, I, I, I tell you, you could make the entire, Trump could have made his entire cabinet black, Hispanic. I would be perfectly fine if they, you know, if they were people like uh, Herman Cain. I mean, if they're people like Ben Carson, I, I don't, I don't, I just want them to have the right ideology. I don't care. I don't even notice their skin color. Are there a few, you know, uh, neo Nazis? Are there a few extreme right wing white supremacists out there? Yes who align with the Republican Party, maybe, but like, that's not the mainstream. And yet the Democrats are obsessed. They're obsessed with race. They make everything about race. They artificially prop up minorities, which is the surefire way, by the way, Al Sharpton and all these black leaders. I mean, their agenda is they want racism to exist as much as possible because otherwise they're out of a job. So they wanna make blacks inferior and reliant on white people, which is in their best interest. All right, here's an actual, let's get to the Middle East actual AP headline. This is after the ceasefire was announced. An actual AP headline, quote, Israeli police clash with Palestinians following ceasefire. Israeli police clash. you are talking about Jerusalem because after the ceasefire, you still had these al-Aqsa protests. So you still, the Palestinians are still protesting. They're still trying to stoke this thing despite the ceasefire, uh, in Jerusalem, and and they are literally rioting and attacking police. So what has the AP, the, the AP makes it sound as though there's a ceasefire, and yet the Israeli police, they are still going and attacking these innocent Palestinians. The headline is, Israeli police clash with Palestinians following ceasefire. No, they did not, it's egregious. There is no, they were not clashing. The headline is, the real headline should be, Palestinians riot despite ceasefire, Palestinians attack police, Palestinians threaten and endanger innocent people, and and, and it's basically terrorism, it's basically a, just another version of terrorism, and yet the media makes it sound like the Israeli police are the aggressors are the bad guys, I, I just can't take this anymore. Meanwhile, the media now is blasting Israel, you have sound soundbites uh, all left and right here, In the media, about how many children there are in Gaza that are dead, how many Palestinian children have died in the recent conflict, in the recent clash. They're not clashes, they're not conflicts, as I keep saying, it's terror attacks and it's Israeli self defense. They're talking about homeless Palestinians, they're talking about a humanitarian crisis. It's very, very simple. So the media spinning it all totally, totally around, as we know they do, the fake news media. The Israelis are the aggressors, the kids who are dead in Gaza are the fault of the Israelis, and these poor Palestinians are somehow the innocent victims, when it's the opposite. The people of Gaza, number one, the people of Gaza, they're the aggressors. Hamas, they're the terrorists. But what's amazing is the citizens of Gaza, they are victims of the terrorist group that they elected. The victims here are all on both sides, the Israeli victims, the Jewish victims, the Palestinian victims, uh, it's all because of Hamas, the terrorist group that was elected, elected by the people of Gaza. Hamas is 100% responsible for all the misery, destitution in Gaza. By the way, humanitarian crisis has been around for years. Now they're gonna take the humanitarian crisis and blame it on Israel. There's been a humanitarian crisis in Gaza. They have like electricity four hours a day. They barely have enough water and food to survive. It's been that way for years. That has nothing to do with this with, with, with this recent um, attack. But uh, what the media keeps ignoring is that Israeli children died as well. So Hamas is responsible for the for, for both sides. If Hamas doesn't attack, nobody gets hurt. It's very simple. The Israelis, are, all they do is self-defense. The Israelis are never, ever the aggressors. And by the way, think about this, giving Gaza back, which the Israelis gave Gaza back, when was it, 2008? I mean, look what that has done. The only people worse off than the people in Gaza right now are the, are the Israelis themselves because... Giving them Gaza basically gave them their own personal launch pad for these thousands and thousands of rockets. And, uh, you know, we'll get to it in a few minutes. I mean, it's very possible that most of the innocents in Gaza who were killed, and there weren't that many, but there were some families, most of the people killed in Gaza were terrorists that the Israelis targeted. The Israelis are extremely precise with their targeting. And when they attack um civilian facilities where Hamas houses... They never attack civilian facilities, but there are these facilities like the AP. You, you imagine that Hamas literally shared a building with the AP, but you have these buildings where Hamas places themselves specifically, embeds themselves in these civilian buildings because they want to stage the Israelis and and blame them for attacking civilian areas. Well, the Israelis give them ample warning and tell them, we're going to level this building, you better get out. But it turns out that most of the civilian deaths in Gaza were probably as a result of misfires because hundreds and hundreds of Hamas rockets misfired, as we'll get to. Meanwhile, the Democrats are back to... This two-state solution now. Now we're hearing all this nonsense about the two-state solution. You got Blinken and others in the Biden administration reaffirming their support for the two-state solution. It's never going to happen. I mean, if it hasn't happened in 2021, every year that goes by, there's less of a chance of the silly two-state solution. Everybody knows it's not going to happen. So it's just pure, pure bogus rhetoric. But here are a few points to consider here about this nonsense, the two-state solution. Number one, Hamas will never be happy until Israel is wiped off the map. I mean, they don't even pretend. You know, God, you could tell me that uh, Fatah, the West Bank, Mahmoud Abbas, they maybe sort of sometimes pretend. They also want Israel wiped off the map, but they hide it. Hamas doesn't hide it. It's part of their doctrine. So they're not going to go for a two-state solution. They're the aggressors here. Number two, even Mahmoud Abbas does not want it because... The Palestinians, they rejected so many offers. Of course, we all know about Yasser Arafat in 2000. They literally offered him half of Jerusalem, and yet he turned it down. Bill Clinton was so angry at him. Number three, they're never going to divide Jerusalem. No The Palestinians are never going to be happy until there's a divided of Jerusalem. And now, thanks to President Trump and multiple embassies in Jerusalem, they are not going to divide Jerusalem. So it's very simple. The, the two-state solution that the Israelis would agree to is not something the Palestinians will ever agree to, the, you know, the, and the Israelis are being more than gracious. The Israelis, they, if they wanted, they could literally seize all the territory, all the Palestinian territory. But it's through their graciousness that they're so nice; they allow the Palestinians to live there and you know to control part of that territory over there in the West Bank. And number four, you know, they talk about the pre-67 borders. These Democrats, they talk about going back to the pre-'67 borders? I mean, think about how absurd that is. Forgetting the fact that the demographics compared to... 60, I mean, you, you would literally want to displace, like, millions of Israelis or hundreds of thousands, but forgetting that. You realize it's been 54 years. They talk about the pre-'67 borders. It has been 54 years since the 1967 war, the Six-Day War. How? And you're still going to ask the Israelis to give back the land that they took, by the way, in self-defense back in 1967? When they literally were doing it to to, to defend their own country, they were under, under heavy. They were going to be under heavy attack, and that's like why is that different than asking the U.S. to give back Texas? The U.S. annexed Texas, right? Forcibly annexed Texas. When was it? In the eight, the eighteen fifties, eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies, whatever. So you're going to tell me, well, this is only fifty four years. That was one hundred and fifty years, one hundred and eighty years, whatever. You mean to tell me in the year nineteen? 19- 05, you were going to force the United States to give back Texas? When does it end? If the Israelis last for another 10 years without giving it back to pre-67 borders, are you going to tell me, well, it's been 64 years, so we should give it back? Like, it's absurd. It's been 54 years. 54 years, they're not giving it back. No country gives back land that they annexed when they were under attack 54 years later. Now, a listener pointed out four alarming things, four things that should have us concerned. This recent attack and this recent conflict, as the media uh, falsely calls it. There were four things very alarming that we have not really seen in the past. At least three out of four. Number one, the weapons are more dangerous. Hamas's weapons, and they're supplied by Iran. Hamas publicly thanked Iran for supplying the weapons. We'll get to that. That, that you can thank Obama for that and Biden. So the and John Kerry. I mean, three sponsors of terrorism right there. The weapons are more dangerous, and they travel much further. These missiles were traveling all through Israel, hundreds and hundreds of miles. That's terrifying. Number 2, the Israeli Arabs joined in. In the past the Israeli Arabs have mostly stayed out. We had these riots of course in Lod and in many of these cities where the where the, where the Arabs live Freely and peacefully, the Israelis don't bother them. It's amazing because, you know, they, 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 um, Ilan Omar calls Israel an apartheid state. Meanwhile, the Israelis, the only democracy in the Middle East, they literally have their enemies. They have Arabs living in freedom in the Israeli country, part of the democracy represented in the Knesset. I mean, it's unheard of. You don't have that in, in, in any of the Arab countries, of course. I mean, uh, where, where Jews can barely step foot or maybe you have a few token Jews whose families have been there for for, for many centuries. So the Israeli Arabs joined in and, 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 and caused these riots and, 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 and caused major havoc and torched these shuls, etc. Also, number three, you have members of Congress accusing Israel of terrorism. Yeah, there's always been a few fringe members of Congress, but here you have this influential group, the cabal, as I call it, the squad Led by Ocasio and Ilan Omar, I mean, saying vicious anti Semitic things against Israel. That's number three. And number four, you have these attacks now in the United States, attacks on Jews. You have these Palestinian violent, you know, Palestinian protesters, and they are beating, viciously beating Jews up. I mean, this is horrific. It's absolutely horrific in broad daylight going. And attacking people, thankfully, it's not worse. It could have been worse. You have these politicians who are now talking about some kind of response. I'm sorry. The response is that, you know, number one, you don't release these people. One of these vicious attackers who was arrested was released back to his neighborhood in New York, and uh, he, he's being um, praised as a hero. They, they're literally surrounding him, cheering him on, putting them on their shoulders, these Palestinian protesters. In the, this is happening in the United States, where they are cheering this man as a hero. He is released from, from prison after viciously beating a Jew in broad daylight in the public streets of Manhattan. So this is really, really horrifying stuff. And, of course, there are no consequences. They let these people out. There's no bail, of course. And um, the Democrat Party, just a bunch of cowards, terrified of offending Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, and the socialist wing of the party. Meanwhile, as I said, Hamas has thanked Iran for supplying the weapons used to kill Jews. The head of the Palestinian um, uh, Hamas terror group, Ismail Hania. By the way, when I quote the AP here, the AP says the head of the Palestinian resistance movement. I don't want to see their resistance. I don't want to see the word martyr. I don't want to see the word militants. I mean, it's, it's despicable how the media treats these people. This man is a vicious murdering terrorist. He's a monster. He's a subhuman. But they call him the head of the Palestinian resistance movement. Anyway, Ismail Hania, he thanked Iran. On Friday, he thanked Iran. Just hours after the ceasefire, Ismail Hania, he said that he's going to continue, Hamas is going to continue to defend Jerusalem. Quote, Jerusalem remains the center of the conflict. So talk about right after the ceasefire, this is what the head of Hamas is saying. He's threatening that he's going to attack Jerusalem. And then, of course, we know those riots continued, and then the media blames Israeli police. But anyway, Haniya thanked the... Republic Islamic Republic of Iran. He says they did not hold back money, weapons, and technical support. We will use the aid of other Arab countries as well. By the way, all those people saying that the Abraham Accords were unsuccessful and saying, "Ha ha ha!" You know, the, uh, Jen Jen Saki, I believe, um, Biden spokesman spokesperson, spokeswoman, said that uh, the, the Abraham Accords are dead on arrival. She doesn't know what she's talking about because it, it turns out that, you know, Bahrain and the other countries that were involved, the other countries that have actually um, made peace with Israel and are engaged diplomatically with Israel for the first time in history, thanks to Trump and Kushner, uh, they have actually stayed out of this and they have actually even threatened Hamas to, to stop the violence. So the Abraham Accords are working like a charm. It's only Iran that's the issue, and now you have Biden propping up Iran. Think about this for a minute. And I've heard others make this point as well. Who do the Iranians want as president of the United States? The Iranians, the Ayatollah, the evil regime, the terrorists, they want Joe Biden. Who do the drug cartels want as president? They want Joe Biden. Talk about the Mexican drug cartels. Who, they don't want Trump. Who does China and Russia want as president? When you have Biden right now enabling China after Trump did so much damage to them, Joe Biden. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about Joe Biden when all the enemies, all the bad guys are the ones who wish that he become president? Meanwhile, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, he said, you look at these statements by Ismail Hania in praising Iran, thanking Iran. Thank you for giving us all these missiles, all these rockets. He says that's why Biden should never be reentering the nuclear, the bogus nuclear deal. Pompeo said, quote, America is about to supply Iran with billions of dollars in sanctions relief. To continue this, for America's security and for Israel, this is dangerous. And Hania, by the way, when he made the comments, the Ayatollah also made, made comments on Friday around the same time, saying, quote, Muslim states must sincerely support the Palestinians through military or financial support or in rebuilding Gaza's infrastructure. Meanwhile, um, the Ayatollah called for Prime Minister Netanyahu to be prosecuted by international and independent courts. And meanwhile, in the, in the U.S., Ocasio-Cortez has drafted a resolution... And Bernie Sanders did the same thing in the Senate, Ocasio in the House, calling for blocking, calling to block the sale of weapons between the U.S. and Israel. There's a sale of, uh, of of weapons, of precision-guided bombs by the U.S. to Israel, $735 million sale. And Ocasio, she's trying to block that sale. She announced a resolution literally blocking the sale. And she did this, by the way, before the ceasefire. So you literally still have Hamas terrorists who are firing barrages of rockets at Israeli civilians. And Ocasio announces this resolution. It's totally disgraceful. And Ocasio on Twitter said, quote, The U.S. should not be rubber stamping weapons sales to, to Israel as they deploy our resources to target international media outlets, schools, hospitals, humanitarian missions, and civilian sites for bombing. I mean, do you believe this? And she gets away with this because the Democrat Party, they're terrified to, to correct her. So she says is Israel is targeting international media outlets, schools, hospitals, humanitarian missions, and civilian sites. None of that is true, as we've established here many times. The Israelis did not target the, 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 the schools. That's where Hamas specifically, they launch rockets from schools. And even when the Israelis fire back, they make sure to avoid the civilian areas unless, unless the civilian building literally houses Hamas supplies. Hamas weapons or actual members of Hamas, in which case the Israelis destroy the building, but they give them warning first and they literally warn them. I mean, you're going to hear McConnell say that in the clip we play in a moment. And um, the media outlet, the AP outlet, as we told you, Hamas uh, literally shared that building with the AP. Now, listen to this clip of Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican leader in the Senate, discussing Bernie Sanders and the Democrats who support Hamas and how hostile they are toward Israel, listen to this. Apparently Senator um, Sanders, Bernie Sanders, is putting up or intends to put up a resolution that would, um, not the force of law, but a resolution that says, don't give uh, 735 million of arms sales money to Israel. And I guess I'm asking you, has the democratic party just decided to abandon israel now and they just back iran and back iran's terrorist state clients like hamas and hezbollah is that how the game has changed it's changed a lot and i think at least half the democrats are hostile to israel the rest of them are afraid of those who are hostile to israel and you see that reflected in the pressure the president's put on the israelis for a premature ceasefire which i gather has just been Uh, announced, I think it's important to remember Israel is up against a terrorist organization. Hamas does not represent Palestinians. It's a terrorist organization lobbying shells onto civilians in Israel. Israel, on the other hand, listen to this, will call up people in a building they're going to hit and say, please get out of the building. We don't want to kill you, but we're going to take out the building. There's no moral equivalency between Hamas And Israel well so there you have it I mean so 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 McConnell I mean pointing out that it it sounds almost shocking to any other country but the Israelis they're so incredibly nice to their bitter enemies that they warn them ahead of time hey we are going to level this building we're going to attack here what other country would do that What other country first of all I mean they have these rock imagine if rockets were being aimed at New York I mean and being aimed at Washington DC I mean would, would the US ever stand for any of this and in retaliation, hey, here's where we're going to bomb. The, our missiles are going to land here. Please evacuate. Please get out. And, when, and Hamas is the one. They're the ones who are letting their own children be attacked. They they specifically designed it that way so their children will be attacked, because all they care about they don't care if their kids are are, are murdered, are killed. They they just they just want the uh, it's a PR stunt. You know, they just want the the press to 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 report it, blame the Israelis. Meanwhile. According to the IDF, 20% of rockets fired by Hamas actually land on the Palestinians or on their territory. 20%. So Hamas is murdering its own people and the Israelis get blamed. Uh, this is, uh, this is li- literally, I'm, I'm not, no exaggeration here. The IDF concluded on Wednesday an airstrike on the first day of fighting, which killed a family of eight and which was blamed on the Israelis, was not an Israeli operation. It was a Palestinian rocket gone awry, which which frequently happens. It was a misfire. This is an AP report, an AP report. I'm quoting you now. Israeli military officials say that a mysterious explosion, killing eight members of a Palestinian family on the first day of fighting, was caused by a misfired Palestinian rocket, not an Israeli strike. That's the AP continues. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, military spokesman, said the rocket was launched in Gaza, fell inside Gaza, killed almost an entire family. And it was not an Israeli attack. And a senior military officer says that 700 rockets, about 20% of all the rockets launched by terrorists, or as the AP calls them, militants, failed to reach Israel and landed inside Gaza. So for all we know, for all we know, these deaths that they are blaming on the Israelis, which again, I don't blame the Israelis. They're doing everything possible to avoid civilian casualties. Sometimes it's unavoidable. But for all we know, all the civilian casualties were actually caused by Gaza rockets, by Hamas's own Rockets and the media, you know, the AP. Yes, I give them credit for that report, I guess, but as I told you, they are spinning it, they are blaming Israel, you know, they are doing their usual gaslighting. Meanwhile, George W. Bush, former President George W. Bush, told Fox News that um, the current conflict is Iranian influence targeted toward Israel. So, Bush, look, Bush was a strong friend of Israel, nothing like Trump, but a strong friend of Israel when he was in office. But amazingly, Bush is now calling out Iran on this and saying that this is not about Hamas and Gaza, this is about Iran. And he also says that um, this is an attempt to dissolve the Abraham Accords. I found this fascinating because Bush is no fan of Trump. In fact, Bush pretty much despises President Trump. He has his reasons for doing so, which we understand. You know, Trump uh, certainly did attack Jeb Bush, George Bush's brother, many times. But um, here's the thing, and we're not going to get into that, whether you criticize Bush, condemn Bush or not. But the point is, Bush is actually defending the, uh, the Abraham Accord, Trump's Abraham Accords, despite not being a big fan of Trump. Bush rejected the Biden administration's assertion that the two-state solution is the only way to have a long-term outcome that is peaceful and lasting, said it's very difficult at this stage. And he said, quote, I wish, obviously, all of us should hope there's not violence, but I think you're seeing play out Iranian influence targeted toward Israel, trying to break up alliances that were formed in the previous administration called the Abraham Accords. Unbelievable. Of course, that was the UAE, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco, all making peace and normalization of diplomatic ties with Israel. All right, let's get to other news of the day here. Governor Andrew Cuomo, I mean, this man, how he's still in office is stunning to me. But New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, it's now being reported, is under federal investigation for giving his family and friends special access special access to COVID tests way back in the beginning of the pandemic when it was impossible to get a COVID test. Governor Cuomo's friends had no problem accessing it, so he's under federal criminal investigation. And um, this is his, the second federal investigation now for Governor Cuomo. The other one is over the nursing home scandal and them lying about The numbers, falsifying the numbers of nursing home deaths after Cuomo uh, literally sent these, you know, sent COVID into nursing homes and killed many thousands of um, nursing home residents allegedly. So, according to the New York Times, disgraced Governor Cuomo is under federal investigation over allegations that he gave friends, family, and supporters special access to coronavirus testing very early on. By the way, they did not do contact tracing. They needed to keep the people being tested anonymous so that it wouldn't get out that it was. Bush uh, Cuomo's relatives, so they didn't do contact tracing, so they could have actually helped people. When people tested positive, they could have helped prevent it from spreading. They did not do that, which is totally disgraceful, obviously. Uh, And Cuomo, as we said, is under federal investigation as well for lying about the nursing home deaths that he caused with his sinister policy forcing nursing nursing homes to accept patients infected with the virus. You have Cuomo staffers now resigning and jumping shift. And it's it's just astonishing that this man is still in office. Well, we of course we'll see. I mean, sooner or later, I would think that he is going to be either voted out, forced to resign, and uh, we will never ever hear of him again. I hope. You, you you never know with this crazy media, crazy Democrat Party we have these days. Meanwhile, Chris Cuomo, Governor Cuomo's brother, CNN anchor, has apologized apologized on the air. Because it turns out he sat in on phone calls with his brother, with Andrew, and Andrew Cuomo's staffers as they were addressing the many scandals that Governor Cuomo is facing. You cannot make this stuff up. So Chris Cuomo, I mean, even his apology was pretty pathetic. But Chris Cuomo literally is sitting there strategizing the CNN anchor who's commenting on a lot of these issues. He's strategizing. I know he said he was going to not comment on his brother's issues, but like, he, he, he had no problem interviewing his brother during COVID and that whole thing while he was getting access to, to COVID testing that nobody else was allowed to get. So he was dealing with his brother's scandals and he's literally sitting in on calls. This has been exposed. So he apologized. Why? For putting other CNN anchors in a tough spot. I mean, come on. His brother is the most corrupt governor in the United States and he's a CNN anchor. I mean, and by the way, this just reaffirms what we already know, which is that CNN is just a wing of the Democrat Party. I mean, this just makes it screamingly obvious, but it's no secret that CNN is, is just a PR machine for the Democrat Party. And the biggest proof is that Chris Cuomo is the brother of Andrew. They're sitting there doing political strategies together to help Andrew Cuomo um, somehow wiggle his way out of the many, many scandals that he's facing. And he's like, still being praised by the Democrats for his handling of COVID. I I mean, it's like the world, it's like such a twisted, perverse world. You look at the things that go on, and it's like, how could any objective person look at the Democrat Party and not see how corrupt and how evil they are? And then the mainstream media, and it's all just one big happy family there, literally, with CNN. Meanwhile, it turns out NBC's Chuck Todd is heavily linked to Amy Klobuchar. Chuck Todd who's done new, tons of reporting on Amy Klobuchar when she was running for president in many interviews. Chuck Todd is Amy Klobuchar's landlord. You cannot make this stuff up. This was in the New York Post. This is in a new book by Alex Marlowe called Breaking the News. NBC's Chuck Todd was Amy Klobuchar's landlord, never disclosed that. He did interviews, news coverage of Amy Klobuchar as a candidate. Never mentioned a word about this. Uh, can you believe it? In 2008, Amy Klobuchar and her husband rented a house, began renting a house from Chuck Todd, and they've been renting it for years in Virginia. And um, listen to this. Uh, you know, Chuck Todd, after Klobuchar announced she was running for president, Chuck Todd said her biggest asset was location, location, location. I mean, you literally cannot make this stuff up. Uh, Iran has announced that UN inspectors can no longer access surveillance images of their nuclear sites Iran had been providing camera surveillance images of their nuclear sites to UN inspectors inspectors of the IAEA and they have now announced that they are no longer going to allow access I mean they just they make they make fun it's such a joke the UN agency IAEA nuclear inspectors the Iranians I mean they let them in they don't let them in they play so many games It's uh, despicable. And um, why does it even matter? Because we know the Iranians are enriching uranium to a high level of purity. We know they're developing these long-range nuclear missiles. They have a ton of them. We know they're supplying Hamas and terror groups. So they're doing everything possible to rapidly develop nuclear weapons. And the only thing stopping them is these Israeli attacks, these mystery fires, and yet the world is totally ignoring the Iranians, condoning it. So, like, what you need to see images. What What are the images going to help you? That the images will just confirm that with a thing we already know that the Iranians are doing, and nobody's doing anything to stop except for the Israelis. And now we have Biden restoring the, the, the Iranian nuclear deal. The all right. In other news, illegal migrants are being allowed to obtain taxpayer funds to pay their rent. Yes, if you're a taxpayer, then you are helping illegals pay their rent. No kidding here. Um it's part of a 5 billion dollar HUD program announced this week housing urban development uh so Marsha Fudge the HUD secretary under Biden she was asked whether she would enforce the rule that was created by Trump that only citizens only American citizens are allowed to receive or people in the country legally allowed to receive these vouchers to help them pay the rent HUD vouchers and she said no she said the answer is no we're doing everything we can to take any living person in this nation off the streets that is kind of our posture. So, we're going to yes, we're going to give tax dollars to illegals to help them pay their rent when there's so many people struggling. President Biden has lifted sanctions from a Russian company that is constructing a gas pipeline between Russia and Germany. This pipeline is a terrible thing. It it empowers Russia, and by the way, Biden has gotten heavy backlash not just from Republicans but from Democrats, fellow Democrats, cuz he's empowering Russia, giving Russia more leverage over Europe. Russia's going to have a pipeline a gas pipeline directly between Russia and Germany. And um, that allows Russia to bypass Ukraine in delivering gas to Europe. It's going to make Russia very, very powerful in Europe because they're going to be the, the, the gas supplier to the Europeans. Uh, and uh, and it does nothing to help the United States. This, this, this pipeline is terrible for anybody who's an enemy of Russia like us. And basically, Biden, it seems, is pandering to Angela Merkel for some reason because Germany also benefits from this pipeline. But the rest of Europe does not. The U.S. does not. And imagine if Trump did this. By the way, Trump is the one who imposed the sanctions on this Russian company who's constructing this pipeline. If Trump had done what Biden is doing, we would see nonstop headlines about collusion and uh, with Trump and Russia, which we see, we saw for years anyway, even without this. I mean, and yet um, it's unbelievable. How, why is Biden not uh, condemned for colluding with Russia? And how is Biden allowed to get away with this? And finally, a Canadian judge has ruled that the Ukrainian sh- flight that was shot down last year by the Iranians was probably a terror attack. And is anybody surprised at all by this? Remember the um, that horrific, horrific attack, that strike, that, that was right after, that was when there was a conflict between the Iranians and Trump when the uh, Soleimani was killed. So there was a commercial Ukrainian jetliner, which was literally shot down by the IRGC, the Revolutionary Guards in Iran. And at the time, first, they wouldn't let people inspect. They wouldn't let investigators in. The Iranians played a lot of games there. We still didn't get to the bottom of what happened. Because the Iranians literally took control of the investigation and refused to allow an independent country to come in and do it, including victims, families of the victims, those countries. But um, and now it turns out it was most probably, again, the the claim at the time, after the Iranians denied doing it for days, they finally admitted it, but they said it was a mistake. They thought that it was an enemy airplane. or they you know they thought that they were actually attacking some kind of enemy um, vessel, some kind of some kind of enemy attack. Well, it turns out now that a judge has ruled based on seeing evidence and witness testimony that it was probably uh, a terror attack. The shooting down of this Ukrainian passenger plane killed 176 people. They're saying it was likely a deliberate act of terrorism by the IRGC. This is a ruling by the Ontario Superior Court. Judge Edward Belobaba found that on the balance of probabilities, the missile attacks on Flight 752 were intentional. The plaintiffs established the shooting down of the flight was an act of terrorism and constitutes terrorist activity. By the way, theoretically, one of the experts, by the way, um, in the trial said the IRGC knew that the flight was a civilian airplane, purposely shot it down with the intent to destroy it. Of, of course, that's what happened. I, I don't know for sure that's what happened, but like it's so incredibly likely. It's as likely that this happened as it is that the the Wuhan virus came from a lab, which of course it did and didn't come from some kind of market, some, some kind of innocent transmission of somebody eating a bat. You know, when you have this lab right near that market, right near where the whole outbreak started, where literally this lab not only had thousands of coronaviruses in the lab that they were researching, but a couple of years ago, American inspectors uh, investigated, inspected the lab and said that this is a pandemic waiting to happen. So you just got to put two and two together. The IRGC, the, the most dangerous terrorist group on the planet, they shoot down a commercial airliner. Which had a lot of foreigners on it, uh, and like we're supposed to believe it's a mistake. You understand? You you err on the side that it wasn't a mistake when a terrorist group shoots down a uh, a commercial airliner. The assumption, the presumption is that it's a terrorist attack. Now apparently a judge is even ruling that, but but that's the presumption. They have to prove they're innocent. It's not innocent to proven guilty when you're a terrorist group that shoots down a commercial airliner, and that's like the whole. That's like what you want to always do. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.